0: Welcome to Stuck Out Harvest Church. We are glad that you're here as we are in an in-between time here. Um, What we're going to be talking about today, in-between, meaning we have today and then our new series begins next week. But this morning, we're going to be looking at something that's going to maybe be a little bit of a different perspective for us as we consider this topic. Um, To get us started, when people, when someone comes to you and says... Hey, Harley told me to tell you, and then they say something. I we're counting on that to be true, right? We're counting on that to be a real, honest, a true thing that I really said. When I find out, this is let me just share with you a something that drives me nuts. So, when I find out that someone went to another person and they say, "Hey, Harley told me to tell you," And then whatever they say is nothing at all what I said. And in fact, something that they made up and that they're lying about so that they can get something or um, that drives me crazy. Especially when it happens to be someone saying something um, and it's kind of like they they are a predator. You know, I don't mean like they're a lion or a tiger. I mean like they are they are preying on women or children. That drives me nuts. So in fact, there have been instances where I have heard that and I've told the person, don't come back to our Harvest. That's a predatorial behavior, someone trying to use... Someone else's name and position in order to get something from somebody when that never ever happened at all. It's a predator and that drives me nuts, so it drives me batty. Do you relate to someone using your name in a way that you never gave them permission to do? Someone saying something and saying you said it and you never said anything like that? You can understand how that. Can irritate you and kind of raise up some emotions within you Let's shift gears for a moment Maybe let's think back to the last century We're not going to get There's not many generations that get to say that We do Think back to the, oh, let's say 1900s uh, When most of you were born Let's think, um, think about like, you know, in the 60s, 70s I don't know much about the 60s But think about as you were growing up your parents worked hard to establish a name of integrity, a name of honesty. Remember the phrase that, you know, my word is my what? Does anybody know the answer to that? My bond, right? But your your parents, your grandparents, they worked so hard to establish credibility. Meaning if I say something, then it's true. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And they work very hard to establish their name, their integrity, their honesty. So let's just imagine you go to school and, well, let's just say you mess up. You get in trouble. If you get in trouble at school for doing something stupid, then you go home and your parents have worked hard to establish a name of credibility and honesty and they expect you to live up to that name, don't they? What happened when you got home? If you got in trouble at school and then you came home, I'm just guessing your parents or grandparents did not get upset with the teacher. You were in trouble, weren't you? I mean, that was back in the day when we got licks at school. And for any teenagers in here, we're not talking about a lollipop here. It had nothing to do with licks. I don't know why. Why would they call them licks? We'll have to consult with our administrative professionals here later. But you got licks at school. When you got home, you were in super trouble. Right. Right. Because many times your parents, your grandparents have worked so hard to establish credibility and honesty and integrity associated with their name, and they expected you to live up to that as well. So we remember that, right? We, we've we been a part of that. Maybe you have had a friend, or we'll say former friend, or relative You can't get rid of your relatives, so relative, who maybe misused your name. Maybe they said something that you said, but you'd never said. And you understand the emotions involved in that and what might you feel. Maybe they have manipulated something you said in order to get some kind of gain for themselves. That creates a reaction within you, doesn't it? We can understand that. How important is it to us our reputation, our integrity? And what happens for you at work when somebody misrepresents you at work? What does it make you feel like then? What emotions do you experience? What kind of comes up within you? If someone has been speaking on your behalf. You first probably want to make sure they have permission to do that, right? Otherwise you get angry. You would be stern. You would be very quick to set things straight on what they can and cannot say on your behalf. Why? Because your name is at stake. Your reputation, your integrity you want to make sure that person understands the boundaries. If they're going to speak for you, if you've given them permission to speak on your behalf, you want to make sure they understand the boundaries, what's expected. This is how you can represent me. This is how you should not represent me. Because it is, after all, my name, you would tell them. It is my reputation, my integrity. So I feel like we're on the same page this morning. I think you understand what we're saying. So I really, you get it. I'm not sure we really have much more to add to that today. At which point now some of you have messed it up. Some of you just thought, oh, thank God, we're almost done. So now now we have to keep going, Sadly. <laughs> You'll understand why in just a moment Because we're going to be going all the way back To the second book of the Bible That was written by Moses It's called the book of Exodus It tells the story of how the Israelites The Hebrew people were slaves And how they got their freedom How God helped them leave Egypt Where they were enslaved And that's where it got its title And so as they were headed out On this journey Should have taken a short time But it took forever As they were headed out God paused about two months into that journey and He gives them some guidelines. And so God gives them guidelines. He said, Here are some things to do, not do. And He takes these things seriously. He intentionally gives these guidelines and these commands. We're going to look at one of those today. Exodus chapter 20 verse 7. It says this, God giving a guideline to his people. You must not, he said, misuse the name of the Lord your God. And then he gives this stern warning at the end of that. He says, the Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. God's name is. God's name. He says, this name, my name, God's name, he says. More than your name, more than Harley's name, more than even your family name, more than the reputation or name of your company, his name, he said, is to be treated with reverence and with respect. It is the name of the holy God yet. Without any thought, we have a tendency to spout out phrases like, oh, thank God, or oh, my Lord, or oh, God, did you hear that? And the answer is, well, yes, actually, he did hear that, but we weren't really talking to him, though, were we? You see, The thing is, God considers that a sin. And he says, interestingly enough, it won't go unpunished. Now, we hear a great deal in Scripture about how there are natural consequences, natural negative consequences to decisions we make. If we drink and drive, guess what? We get we have a good chance of getting arrested and getting a DUI. Natural negative consequence. God did not have to send that down. It just natural negative consequences. All right. We do we we misuse prescription drugs. We're going to become addicted. Natural negative consequence. But in this case, we're not talking about a natural negative consequence. In this case, God is saying, no, I'm not going to just let things roll and happen. He says, no, I'm going to punish you. Uh, there's going to be discipline involved if you misuse my name. We're not talking about something that just happens naturally. God's saying, no, I'm going to bring it. <laughs> I'm going to bring it. Now, a side note here. God's not saying, I won't forgive you. That's not what he's saying. Please don't misinterpret that and align it with something that it's not meant to be aligned with. Like there's a verse in Mark chapter three that talks about something really serious. These are not connected. God's not saying, I won't forgive you, but he is saying, he is saying it's, it's forgivable, but he's saying, certainly there's going to be discipline involved. Whether it's forgiven or not, it can be forgiven, but there will be discipline involved. You see, here's the thing. There's more to this problem than just a choice of vocabulary. There's more to this than just a choice of words. There's more of a problem here than just phrasing. When we use the name of God, it, it shows how we really feel. It doesn't reveal a vocabulary problem, but it reveals in each one of us, myself included, a heart problem. It specifically reveals a problem existing and persisting inside of my heart. But it's something seemingly so so casual, so passing, Seemingly so harmless, so not intended the way God is perceiving it here. Maybe, maybe we should look at why some of the reasons it is serious. Why it makes misusing God's name so, so revealing about ourselves. So he says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord, your God. Misuse. We treat his name so casually. One of the names God helps us understand him by, how he kind of describes himself to us is the name of Yahweh. And and that means one who is ever present. I guess part of misusing his name means that we consider his name empty or we consider it meaningless. Empty because it's, well, it's just another phrase, just another word, just something we say with no thought, just a reaction that we have. It's empty because it's a phrase when we misuse it. It it denies the very power of God. It it refuses to acknowledge the mighty presence of God, God who is ever-present. It strips away His holy majesty, just blabbering it out when, oh wow, would have been just as effective. You see, we demote the Creator, our Savior, We demote the Christ of the world to a powerless, degrading, simple exclamation like, cool, wow, or if you grew up in the 80s, awesome, (laughs) neat, oh man, and somehow it's okay to just use God's name as one of those we treat it casually but god demands that we take him seriously and that we exalt him above all else above all else in heaven and all else on earth
1: yeah the passage says <clears throat> excuse me you must not misuse the name of the lord your god you know god obviously takes this very seriously and I, and i think that, that we should too and I believe if we really grasp the the importance of it, we will take it seriously. So if you will, imagine with me for just a moment that, that you are in your favorite restaurant, uh, the restaurant that you don't go to very often because it's, it's kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. And, I know
0: just what you're talking about.
1: And you're on a budget.
0: Taco Bell.
1: Taco Bell. <laughs> so you're not going through the drive through You're actually going in and setting down. Taco Bell, and you're ordering like the, the meal. <laughs> no, something nice, no. something nice. So, so you're in this nice restaurant eating with your family, and you're not even worried about that it's a little expensive because someone else has offered to pay. So you're in there eating with your family, and everything's nice, and, and you're enjoying the meal. But then all of a sudden you start to have this just tightness in your chest, and you can't really catch your breath. And that's really the last thing you remember because uh, you've passed out, and later you find out that you've had a heart attack, and your your family tells you that after this happened that uh, someone that also was eating in Taco Bell with you in the corner um, run over and started to perform cPR and uh, they continued to do cPR until the the paramedics arrived and and the, and you you find out that if it wasn't for this guy that you did not know, never met if it wasn't for him, you would have died, that he saved your life. And you get an opportunity to meet this guy later on after you've recovered. Um, Think about what would you say to him? What would you say about him? How would you say thank you to someone that had just saved your life? Would we say thank you by using that person's name in place of a cuss word or in place of Something when we get mad. Say, for instance, this guy's name is Harley. You know CPR, right, Harley? Kind of. (laughs) You could do hands only. No mouth to mouth on me. Hands only. It'll work.
0: You know, they say the breathing's
1: more important. It is on adults. But (laughs) I'll take my chances. (laughs) But, okay, so this guy's name is Harley. And he's saved your life through CPR.
0: By the way, you're passed out. You're not going to know. <laughs> That's true. I may not even do chest compression.
1: <laughs> but would we, would I, then every time I, after that, when I stump my toe or hit my hand, hand with a hammer, would I say, Harley, blankety blank, Harley? I might start, but I, no, I mean, we, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't do that. We would, we would use that person's name with respect, we would respect them, we would be very thankful. Why? Because we would say, that guy, he saved my life. You know, as Christians, as Christ followers, we believe something really amazing. And if you're not a Christian, if you're not sure about the whole Jesus thing, you're in a a, a good place to explore the the claims of Christ. Um, But you need to know this. Um, We believe based on eyewitness accounts that that Jesus died and, and He didn't stay dead. Three days later, He rose from the dead. And Jesus did this to save my life, to save your life. And the greatest motivation, I believe the best reason for us to not misuse the Lord's name is because that guy, He saved my life. And as followers of Christ, when we misuse God's name casually, you know, people start to kind of question if, if He did save our life. And I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying if you have ever misused God's name that you're not a Christian and you're going to hell. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is, though, when we do that, people don't take us serious about our relationship with Christ they don't take us as serious as they should you honestly have you honestly thought you know what would you say to someone that saved your life and you may have not given it much thought and you you may have misused God's name and and we we understand that we're not we're not here to Um, call you out or talk down to you. That's not our intention at all. Um, But maybe after today we can say, how would you treat someone that saved your life? And get this, what Jesus asked for us, ask of us, that is, in return, is for us to be his ambassadors. It's not a word we just use in casual conversation, really. But an ambassador is just an official representative. He asks us to be his representative here on earth to the people that were around. And, and you know, the, the Hebrew uh, theologians tell us about this passage here in Exodus. The primary meaning of this command, it goes well beyond the vocabulary and the words, and the, the power of this command is really representation. It's it's us representing God, how we represent God. And, and once you become a follower of Jesus, you're given new authority. You're given a new name which under you live. And that's the name of Christ, a Christ follower. You're given a responsibility to represent Him. You know, Peter in the New Testament, in, in 1 in Peter that is, he puts it this way. Listen to what he says. He says, for you are a chosen people. God has chosen you to do something very special. He's chosen you to represent Him to a world that des- desperately needs Him. An ambassador, a representative. Peter goes on, he says, you are royal priest. Royal because... You've been adopted into a family of the king. So you are coming in the name of that king and a priest because you are given the responsibility to point other people to the love and the forgiveness of God. He goes on to say, a holy nation, God's very own possession. We we are God's, God owns us, he bought us through his blood. And instead of making us slaves because he bought us and he could have, instead he adopted us and he made us his children, children of God. And you're coming into this world in the name of that king. And Peter kind of wraps it all up here and he says, "As as a result of all of what I've just said, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Coming in the name of a king. You know, sometimes I feel like we we kind of have this attitude of, you know, thanks for salvation, God. Now back, you know, back to my life on my terms, the way I want what pleases me makes me happy. And whether we we like it or not, whether we feel prepared or qualified, God says we are ambassadors of Christ. So I want you to think with me a minute, what if we got this right? What if we left here today and we really got this right? And we chose, we made a decision to not misuse God's name and, and to give Him the honor and the reverence and the respect that He deserves and to be the best ambassadors of Christ we could be and we took that job really serious what would be the impact on the people in your life what would be just the impact of the people in your homes parents what would be the impact on your kids see if we want our kids to take Jesus serious if we want our kids to follow him to love him to serve him then you know we have to to live that out in front of them. They have to see that in us. They have to see Christ in us. You know, what if the people that we work with could say about us, hey, that, you know, man, I don't know if I believe what he believes. And it's kind of weird. It's out there maybe. But I mean, he obviously really believes it. And You know, he, he loves people and he obviously loves God. What if they could say that about us? What would be the impact if there was no question whatsoever that Christ was changing our lives and people could see it by the way we talked about Christ, by the way we worshipped him? And that's our prayer today. It's our prayer that, that we would not let a day pass without lifting his name on high, worshipping him, Thanking the Lord for his love and his sacrifice for us. Because Harley, you know, that guy, he, he did save my life. Saved my life.
0: Um, he's asked us, as Donnie said, to be ambassadors. His representatives here. And if we're going to come to the world in the name of the king, the name of our king. He says, don't misuse it. Don't come to the world with your agenda, Harley. Don't come to this world who is hurting and needs God. Don't come to this world in my selfishness, in my life the way I want it, the way I... He said, that's misrepresenting me. That I want you to go to the world on my terms. If you're going to represent me, Harley, in this world and, and not misuse my name, That I am giving you my terms. In the Old Testament, God gives us some 613 commandments. And it can be summarized down to 10 commandments if you look at the 10 commandments Moses brought. And Jesus did something quite amazing in the New Testament. He summarized that entire law, which went from 613-ish down to 10, and all saying the same things. And Jesus now summarized in the New Testament all the way down to two commands. He says, this summarizes the law. You do this, you're fulfilling the law, Jesus said. You can find it. We're not going to go there right now, but you can find it in Matthew chapter 22. And he summarized it to two things. Do this, he said. He said, love me. He said, love God with all your heart. Everything about you, love God. That takes care of a whole bunch of commandments. He said, love God. And then he asked us to represent him well. You know how he said? You know what he said to do that? The Second command he said, love, love others. He said, love me with everything about you. Love God completely with everything about you. And then do the same, love others. Represent me to the world, he says. Don't misuse my name. If you're going to carry my name, if I have adopted you into my family and I send you out into this world to represent me, he said, love me and love others. You see, God deserves the highest regard. In fact, this is our bottom line today. God deserves the highest regard in our hearts, our minds, our words, our lives, and in this world. God deserves the highest regard in our minds, our words, our lives, and in this world. And you know what? Listen, none of us have represented our king the way that we are supposed to, the way that he has called us to. We have all failed at this. We are not, we're not up here sh- wagging our fingers in your faces. We have all, at times in our lives, we have all not done a good job. We have not done well. We have not represented our king. We have misused his name. If not by words, we've done it by actions, by misrepresenting him. But God deserves. He deserves the highest regard in our hearts, in our minds, in our our lives, and in this world. Here's the good news. Oh, thank our God for forgiveness. Oh, thank you, God, that you will give me and each one of us a fresh start. Oh, thank God for his grace. Thank our holy God. And today, all we are simply asking you to do is this week, will you take 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. If you forget what the reference is, text me or Facebook me, and I'll uh, I'll give it to you. I'll remind you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. We're going to ask you to read that many times this week. Maybe maybe once a day. Pick out a time once a day just between you and God, and just sit down. No other distractions. Find a place. You may, moms, you might have to run to the bathroom and lock the door. But find a place. Hands under the bathroom. The hands will be coming under the door. You know, Just find a place. Find somehow to get with just you and with God. Read this verse, and here's what we want you to do. Just ask God, God, from this verse, what do you want in me? What do you want in my life? And then say, here's the second part. God, what do you want from me? What do you want in me from this verse? And God, what do you want from me? And then will you do this? Will you write that down? Whatever your heart says, what you feel the answer, what he's replying in your heart, will you just write that down? And then that day, do that. And will you take that verse just once a day this this week, read it and say, God, what do you want in me? What do you want from me? And write it down. And will you do that? That is a great next step for all of us today. Would you do that this week? God is your ambassador, as your representative. What what do you want? What do you want from me? What do you want in me? And then do that. Because God deserves the highest regard in our hearts, in our minds, in our words, in our lives in this world. I want to pray for us. The band is going to be coming down. We're getting ready to sing. I've got a short prayer right here. I want to pray for us. Then I want to make a comment. And then I'm going to have a closing prayer. As we move into a time. Where we just focus. On God and his goodness. For just a few moments. But first. Just join me in this short prayer. Father. Forgive us. God, forgive us for not lifting your name high and worshiping you, God, as our creator, as our loving father, as our savior, as our redeemer. Oh, Lord, so often we have misused your name. Oh, Jesus, we have misrepresented you at many times to our friends. God, you are holy above all. You are never to be lowered to the casual. God, forgive us for degrading you. Forgive us for at times when we have degraded your name. God, I know that the more we get to know you as Father, the more we get to know you as our King, as our Lord, the more we get to know you as Savior and Christ, the more then we will lift your name up with our words, and even more than that, God, with our actions. God, help us to get to know you more. Help us to get to know you more and more every single day through your word and through our conversations we call prayer. That we have with you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Now. A life. That holds. God. In the highest regard. Is a life that God blesses. And beyond that. It is a life he blesses with. Friendship one of the cries of my heart is to one day be able to be called a friend of God. But a life that treats God as casual and ordinary, a life that, that takes God's great name that He has put on loan to you, and doesn't live up to the name of the King, that life brings discipline upon itself because God deserves the highest regard in our hearts, the highest regard in our minds, and the highest regard in our words and our lives, the highest regard in this world. So, together, today, Let's lift God to the highest place in our hearts. The highest place in our minds and our lives. We're going to do that right now. But I'm asking you not just for this day. But if we could do this moment by moment every day. We have a lifetime to daily lift him to the highest place in our lives. But since we're gathered here today, let's not let this one slip away. Let's lift God high together. I'm going to pray a prayer from the Psalms. And then we're going to together lift God high with song. Let's pray. God, as the psalmist David wrote, I will exalt you, my God and King. I will praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. God is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share. Share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers his compassion on all his creation. And of your works, God, I will thank you, Lord. Your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom, and they will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majestic and the glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen. He lifts those who are bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you, God, in hope. You give them their food as they need it. And when you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close. To all who call on him, yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and he rescues them. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on the earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen.